Psalm 146. Praise Yah. Praise Yahweh, my soul. While I live, I will praise Yahweh. I will sing praises to my God as long as I exist. Don't put your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no help. His spirit departs and he returns to the earth, and in that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he who has got the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in Yahweh his God, who made the heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps the truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. Yahweh frees the prisoners. Yahweh opens the eyes of the blind. Yahweh raises up those who are bowed down. Yahweh loves the righteous. Yahweh preserves the foreigners. He upholds the fatherless and the widow, but he turns the way of the wicked upside down. Yahweh will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise Yah. Well, we're down to the fifth last psalm. There are five to go, and all five of these are hallelujah psalms. We just read one. They all start, each of these five psalms start with hallelujah, and they finish with hallelujah, so that's why they're called the hallelujah psalms, and there's, a, there's more. We've been through a bunch of them. So we're down to the last five psalms, and all five are psalms of praise. They're all hallelujah psalms. They're all psalms where we don't know who wrote them. So we're rounding out the book of Psalms with praise. And um, some experts, or so-called experts, said <laughs> that all these last five Psalms, these five, were late Psalms. And what they mean by late Psalms is they weren't written, you know, at the time of David, or they, they were written, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years later. And they said, we know that for sure because of Aramaisms. And, uh, <laughs> and Aramaism is like a phrase that comes from the Aramaic language. And there's this theory, you know, that if you see an Aramaism, um, that it must, it proves that it must be later in date, you know, like closer to the time of Jesus, because that's when the Aramaic language was more popular and all of that. So, you know, every now and then they find these Aramaisms, and there's some here in these last five chapters, and there are other parts of the Bible have got them as well. So what happened was, uh, recently there were, you know, within the last 50 years there was this discovery called the Ross Sharma Tablets. And the, this is a discovery, an archeological discovery written in the Ugaritic language. Anyway, without going into all that stuff, they found the same Aramaisms in this old, old Ugaritic language, and that was proven to be before David. <laughs> So, you know, these, they're saying that, oh, these Psalms are written way after David, but now there's been an archeological discovery with so-called late Aram Aramaisms, but proven to actually happen before David was even the king. So I guess all that gobbledygook, all it means is nothing. We, just cause there's an Aramaism, an Aramaic phrase does not mean that the Psalms are late. They could be, or they might not be. It just means you can't use it as a proof. So were, were these Psalms written, you know, after the exile or anything? I have no idea, but what I do know is they're Psalms full of praise to the Lord. So in verse three, it says, don't put your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no help. Well, princes, you know, they're like the leaders of countries. It's, it's definitely tempting at a time of crisis to put your trust in leaders. 
And I know the last few years we've been through a global pandemic and a lot of people have definitely put their trust in their leaders of their countries and those leaders have done good things. Um, I know in Australia, you know, the government here gave people bonus payments. I know in America, some people got a lot of stimulus checks and they were no doubt very helpful. There's a difference though between receiving help that comes and putting your trust in that help. Like that help is your source and your supply. No, it's not. So it's not saying to not receive good things that come from princes or from leaders. All it's saying is don't make, the, don't put your faith in them. Um, for example, in um, in one Corinthians thirteen, in um, the love passage, it says, you know, love is patient, love is kind, a whole heap of things like that. Then it says, love always trusts. <laughs> and so you might say, oh, this verse says. Um, don't put your trust in people, but 1 Corinthians 13 says to always trust. It's, it's not talking about the same thing. So the trust that it's talking about here is the type of faith we place in God to save us. There's only one person that can save us, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one we put our trust in. Now, that's when it says in the Bible to believe upon him, it means to place your trust in him for salvation. But when it comes to trust as a regular way of life, um, yeah, we because of we love one another, we trust each other. That's the nature of love. So in the body of Christ, believers will trust one another. <laughs> so it's not talking about the same thing. In verse four, it says, the spirit departs and returns to the earth, and in that very day, the thought, his thoughts perish. It's talking about you know evil people. My son, uh, one of my children, is a funeral director works for a funeral agency here in Rockhampton and they are at funerals. In fact, he's got the job of embalming bodies. He's a very interesting person to talk to. There's a whole world of stuff that goes on there with, with preparing bodies for funerals. And sometimes bodies are not easy to prepare because they're, they're elderly and the skin rips and or they've been in a terrible car accident. All sorts of interesting thing, things go on. But one of the things he said to me was, the person just isn't there. I mean, it's very evident to him that this was a person, but they are not dealing with a person. The spirit has gone, the thoughts have gone. And um, the thought, where are the thoughts? The thoughts are actually with the person's soul. Science will tell you today, or modern science will tell you they don't know what causes consciousness. Some people think consciousness, like our ability to think, comes from the brain. They think it's all just chemicals. If that were true, then when the person dies, then yes, it's all over. The life is gone. But no, the, the thoughts and the soul of a person, it's somehow not a part of the body. So when the body dies, the person's an eternal being and their thoughts continue, but the thoughts are gone. They're not there any longer. In verse 8, it says, Yahweh opens the eyes of the blind and Yahweh raises up those who are bowed down. In the New Testament, the Lord healed blind people quite a few times. But at the same time, he said to the Pharisees, in one of those situations, he healed a blind man on a Sabbath. And Jesus made the comment that, you know, this guy can see, but he said to the Pharisees, you're blind. So blindness in the way that the Lord thinks is, there's a type of blindness that's much more serious than physical blindness. We, we need to take a hold of that and make sure we ourselves are not blind. Father, you said here that you open the eyes of the blind. I pray you'd open our eyes. Help us, Lord, to be people who have placed our trust in you 
And uh, Lord, people who walk in the light of Christ, Lord, we come to you today and we declare you our God and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.